The Lake of Love and Calamity Shaped in eroded prehistoric stone on the north shore of Pyramid Lake in western Nevada is the legendary figure of a native woman who created the lake with her tears. Her head is covered as with a shawl, and she is seated looking downward at what appears to be a large basket resting beside her. According to some versions of the legend, the woman had red hair and wild blood. She came as a runaway or an outcast from the land of the South Stars to the present-day region of the lake. There she fell in love with the chief of the desert-dwelling tribe and with him had four sons. As the sons grew to manhood, they became contentious and unmanageable, all wishing to succeed their father as the leader of the tribe. The mother often wept while at weaving and her chores. After a time, the constant skirmishes and disagreements among the four sons became so extreme that they were exiled by the tribal council. They departed in the direction of the four winds, gathered warriors, and became the chieftains of the Pitt River, Shoshone, Washoe, and Wapiti tribes. At the departure of her banished sons, the grief-stricken mother wept her basket to overflowing with tears. The desert basin was deluged, and the present-day lake, with its striking pyramid rising near the southeast shore, was from love and calamity formed. Deprived of mythology, Pyramid Lake is a saline body of water with no outlet. The lake is fed by the Truckee River, which flows east from gem-like Lake Tahoe, high in the Sierra Nevada mountains, nearly 100 miles away. The Truckee winds its way down the Sierra barrier and flows through the city of Reno, meanders through some 40 miles of brown hills and desert mountains to the city of Wadsworth, then gradually bends northeasterly to the native settlement of Nixon. Finally, the river reaches the landlocked 
nearly treeless desert landscape where its waters fill and replenish an expanse of sand hill surrounded beauty which is one of the wonders of the natural world. According to earliest records, it appears that the first white men to view the desert lake were members of a military exploration party headed by Captain John C. Fremont in 1844. Although the expedition arrived in late November weather, Fremont describes the lake as being set like a jewel in the mountainous landscape. He compared the remarkable rock seen rising from the waters from miles away to the great pyramid of Cheops. Fremont was interested in and responsive to the landscape, the lake vegetation, and the inhabitants. He found the natives friendly and the lake remarkably full of fish. Recording a feast of boiled, fried, and roasted fish and every few minutes an Indian running off to spear a fresh one. The natives, he reported, were hospitable, obliging, and informative. They showed him by sketching on the ground how the river flowing into the lake issued from another lake in the mountains, three or four days distant. At the time of his exploration, Fremont could not have known of the legend of the native woman and her basket, nor that Chief Truckee, after whom the river is named, was at one time the leader of the Paiute nation. Nor did he record more than a casual awareness of a rather large island lying adjacent to the Egyptian-like land form. Anahoe Island, which is nearly a mile long and a half mile wide, rises from the water to a height of four to six hundred feet. Sanctuary to countless pelicans, the island is, at the same time, rattlesnake infested. The rattlers forage on pelican eggs in the spring of the year. According to legend, the name Anahoe derives from a Paiute girl who was banished for violating her tribe's moral codes. A commonly told version of the tale is that Anahoe was tormented by 
and devoured by sea serpents on her island of exile. This dramatic version keeps the legend for steadfast disciplinarians focused on misdeeds and punishment. However, some storytellers dwell on stringent codes, the trauma of exile, and rattlesnake realities. Regardless of what emphasis has been given to the stories of Anaho, Paiute families have from earliest times continued to choose the melodic name for their daughters. Long before gun-bearing strangers arrived with book-wielding wisdom, they knew that every son and daughter is the child of the woman of love and sorrow who created the lake with her tears. <laughs>